Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, how are you all this morning? I trust in the Lord. Um, you all kept by him and by his infinite peace. Um, I'm here, of course, in California. You're on the other coast. Uh, but thank the Lord for technology that is he has afforded us that we can uh, fellowship in this way. Now, I have to say that I don't see you on my screen. I'm a little behind technologically, and all I have, I'm using is my trusty old little iPhone. Uh, but um, I see you in the spirit and in my mind's eye, and I'd like to tell you uh, I love you all. And uh, it is good to uh, at least gather virtually in this way, possibly in the coming period of time, uh, we have to use this kind of format to meet, and not only for a conference like this, but uh, even for local meetings and so on. And we will talk more about that um, later and uh, maybe even tomorrow when we uh, see each other online. Um, you're all aware of the uh, three meeting schedule that is uh, the one that we're on right now having right now and then we'll take a break of an hour or so and then we'll have uh, our second session of the day and then tomorrow morning um, uh, at, at the same time we'll have our third and final session and so um, uh, firstly I still need to apologize to you that I um, cannot make there uh, personally. Uh, actually, I have missed the uh, spring get-together of the Mid-Atlantic churches for, what, a couple of years now because of other obligations. Uh, but I must tell you that uh, the saints, the churches, the leading brothers are always on my heart um, and in my prayers. Now. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? Of course, needless to say, we're all aware that we're in extremely unusual times. Uh, to say this is uh, extraordinary is an understatement. These are unprecedented, um, uh, momentous days uh, uh, from every angle. And um, I'm not going to uh, just try to describe these times that we're in. I think uh, as human beings, we're all feeling it uh, very much. So um, uh, I would like to just uh, start in this way, brothers and sisters. Uh, principally, we are... Christians. We are the Lord's believers. We are the Father's children. We're the church of God. And so we're different, basically, from the worldly people. We're of a different species. We are God's kind. Um, not only so, uh, in life and nature, we're different, but in our meaning, we have a different meaning here because we found God's heart's desire, we found God's purpose. We come to know God's economy, 
we know, according to the word of God, um, what the eternal purpose of God is. Uh, why does this universe exist? Um, where things were and where things are to be or coming. It's all in the precious word of God. And so um, we are different. We are substantially, basically different. This morning, I want to lead you there. I'd like to remind you of who we are. And where are we? Uh, yes, physically, we're on this um, earth, we're seemingly in this health crisis, financial crisis, like all the other worldlings. But this morning, I like to say I want to find you all in Christ. I want to find you all, myself included, that we may be found in him, that we may be found abiding in the vine as the branches of that universal organism. And further, I like to find us all, not only in Christ, but in his death. Uh, in his resurrection, and may I say even in his ascension. So this morning, we are with the Lord, one with the Lord, in union with him, identify with him. That's the fact. You need to proclaim that. That's a fact. I'm not just standing on this earth. I'm not in the United States of America. Um, I'm not just... Uh, here in this kind of atmosphere. I'm in a different atmosphere. I am a heavenly person. I'm a heavenly kind. This morning, we're all in the Lord, safe and secured in oneness with him. And all of us are even can say, we can say as a matter of fact that we're in the heavenlies in Christ, seated with him. Is any place more safe? Our life is hid with Christ in God. We're in God with Christ. We're in the heavenlies. Isn't this a wonderful place to be? And brothers and sisters, that's where we are. And finally, I would like to say that we're also in our spirit. Wonderful thing that we know we have the human spirit and that spirit is now one with the divine spirit, and that is the last Adam, that is the second man, Christ. And today our spirit is the mingled spirit. You know, it says in John 4 that today we don't uh, worship on this mountain or in that mountain or in this place or that place, because in the end, God is spirit, and he's not confined to space and time. He is eternal, in eternity. And for us to really worship him, contact him, touch him, experience him, enjoy him, there's only one place we can do that, and that is in our mingle spirit. And so today, the Father is seeking such to worship him. And I would say even now, whether I'm speaking or you're listening, we're in the meeting hall, we're in our homes, some of you sitting on your sofa, some of you in your study, 
And I myself is in my little attic here. But these are not the places we're in, meeting God. Because God is not physical. He is the spirit. And today Christ as this life-giving spirit, furthermore, is in our spirit. And so that's where we're meeting. That's where we're meeting, in the mingled spirit. The habitation of God today is in spirit. So it's not, we're not even in our homes. We're in a much better place. This place called our human spirit. And in this place, we find ourselves in a different realm. A different realm. And I'm not just saying these things to, uh, you know, uh, play with our mind or, or our psychology. No, brothers, sisters, if you just call on the Lord, Lord Jesus, if you just say Heavenly Father, you say Abba Father, I tell you right away, you're transported into this realm. What realm is this? This is the divine and mystical realm. This why, that's why I say this is the realm of the Lord's death, anticipating his resurrection and even his ascension. And in this divine and mystical realm, this is not just human, it's divine. This is not so outward, physical, material, plain to see place. This is something, something, someplace mysterious. This is a mystical place we're in, for we are in God, the triune God himself. And I hope in these days, brothers and sisters, I'm still kind of giving you my introduction here, a long one, but I'd like to just start with that word. I hope that word comforts, comforts you, that word uh, up, uplifts you. And this is a word of fact, this is the word of God. Let us hold on to this. And as we meet these days, let's remain in the spirit. You can mute yourself and now even call on the Lord. How about we call on the Lord right now? Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We can be found in you. Thank you. We can turn to our mingled spirit. Thank you. We're seated with you in the heavenlies. Thank you for this wonderful, divine, mystical realm. Thank you for this heavenly and godly atmosphere. Thank you. You have been our habitation, our dwelling place for all the generations. This is the Psalm of Moses, and this is our Psalm as well. So here we will have fellowship together. A very safe place. Amen. Now, um, this morning, what will we talk about? Well, uh, a couple of days ago, I was writing down some of my thoughts. I told myself if I'm going to say something to the saints, I like to kind of write it down. A bit of a stream of consciousness thing. But I believe the Lord was with me. And uh, now I would just like to add, that here I'm just one of the brothers, one of the co-workers. What I'm doing here is not giving an official message. 
I'm not here delivering a uh, official uh, word on behalf of the co-workers that may come, but I am just here as one of you brothers uh, going through the same things that you're going through. And I like to just express something to all of you from the Lord, from deep within me. So I write something in this way. If uh, then these are not edited writings, these are just the first pass that I have uh, within me. And I hope the, this word would be uh, useful to you uh, and would be strengthening to all of you. So I say to all of you dear saints in all in the local churches in the Mid-Atlantic, indeed, I would say in the Lord's recovery, grace and peace be multiplied to all of you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. During these uh, very difficult days, all the churches and all the dear saints are very much on my heart and I would say on our shoulders before the Lord. This I can say uh, representing the co-workers. We're one in this matter because we bear the burden of the Lord's recovery. We bear the burden of each one of you and each church on the earth today. So i like to just share with you, dear saints, some words of assurance, comfort, encouragement, as I said, so that together we can face this pandemic, this global pandemic, for sure, this national pandemic that is ravaging a great part of the world. It's surely disrupting our lives, even upending it, um, or upending them. And for many of us, and especially the younger generation, in an unprecedented way. At this time of human or earthly upheaval, and for sure times of uncertainty, <clears throat> um, I long to find you all actually abounding in grace, not in fear, but in grace, not in anxiety, but in grace. I'd like to find you rooted firmly in the love of God. I'd like to find you empowered by faith in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and through His Word. And I'd like to also find you filled, full, of hope in the coming of our Savior, our dear bridegroom, Jesus. So brothers and sisters, I don't know whether you caught it, 
I mention to you love, I mention to you faith, I mention to you hope. These are the three great things according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 13. Of course, among these three, the greatest, according to the apostle, is love. So we'll start there. That is a bit of the structure uh, of my sharing with you today. Now, to do that, I'd like to first read a few verses to you. And if you have the word, the Bible in front of you, you may want to turn to these, this passage in Romans chapter 8. And it will start with 35, verse 35. Well, I would like to just start with uh, 31. Because here Paul is talking about all of us being uh, heirs, joint heirs with Christ, heirs of God. And as such, as such, being his sons, being those of his family, we're inseparable from God's love. So let me read the whole passage. What then shall we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us? Indeed, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who justifies. Who is he con who condemns, it is Christ who died, and rather who was raised, who is also at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. You see, brothers and sisters, even just by reading that, these are facts. These are the reality. God is for us, brothers and sisters. Look, he did not even spare his own son 2,000 years ago, deliver him up him up for us all. Even he determined that, predetermined that before the foundation of the earth that Christ would die for us, for our sins. How would not he freely give us all things, the good things, the positive things, including he himself and his blessings? Who can bring a charge against God's chosen ones? This is speaking to the accuser, to Satan. No one can bring charge against us, God's elect. It is God who justifies. Indeed, God has justified us in the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. God has forgiven us. God has justified us and we all even reconcile as enemies to God by faith and today no one can condemn us Christ has died already and was raised and ascended and seated at the right hand of God doing what 
for these 2,000 years interceding for us. He's our advocate, our attorney, our representative next to God, praying for us, interceding for us. Brothers, I'm, I don't know, I'm wordless, even just reading, reading this. I'm full of things, full of a sense of security, full of joy, and full of peace. Someone is praying for us right now. Then comes the word for this morning. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? Shall tribulation? Shall anguish? Persecution? Famine? Or nakedness? Or peril? Or sword? Or the coronavirus? Or the economic uh, turmoil that we're engulfed by. Shall anything, any of these things separate us from the love of Christ? The answer is a resounding no. Nothing, nothing, my brothers and sisters, can separate us from his love. The love that constrains us to make us decide to not live to ourselves, but to him who died and who was raised. As it is written, for your sake, we're being put to death all day long. We have been accounted as sheep for slaughter. So Paul was <clears throat> telling the truth. <clears throat> that doesn't mean he was having a good time. He was under persecution. He was anguished. He suffered the, the things, the adverse things in the environment. He was going through it. He was even put to death all day long. However, he didn't stop there. He continued with this last word. Um, here, I have to turn the page here. Excuse, excuse me. He said, but in all these things, we more than conquer through him who loved us. Brothers and sisters, these are not days to roll over. These are not days to put ourselves in the fetal position. These are not days for us to shrink back. These are not days for us to fall into hopelessness. In these things, in all these adverse environment, in all these difficulties, great difficulties, sometimes seemingly insurmountable difficulties, we more than conquer through him who loved us. So love is here again. Love, love is the greatest power. Love is the greatest motivator. Love is the only thing that is eternal because love is God. He loved us with himself 
He loved us with an eternal love and never changing love. And through him who loved us, through him who loved us, brothers and sisters, we can conquer. In this environment, we conquer. Brothers, let us conquer. We're equipped. We're filled with the love of God. And we have this one who loves us, who loved us, who still loves us, and will forever love us, loving us in these days. Let us cast ourselves into his bosom. Let us hide under his wings. You know, this morning as I was praying for this time, I remember how he is the son of man. Christ is the son of man walking in the midst of the golden lampstands, the local churches. And he was girded with a golden girdle on his breast. He's taking care of us. He's holding us in his close to his heart. That's where his love is. And through that, friends and sisters, we can conquer. You have to say, even now in your heart, we more than conquer. We more than conquer. All these things. All these things, Paul keeps saying, keeps saying about these things, these things that we're going through. We shall not be defeated. We will not be defeated. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers. Now, Paul's now talking not even of the things visible, the things we can see. Paul now is talking about things unseen in the unseen realm, death, life, angels, principalities, Satan, the evil spirits. He's talking about that surpasses time even, things present. Things to come, powers, all these things in this universe. Then he's saying further, nor height, nor depth, nor any cre other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Would you not say hallelujah? Would you even now not say praise the Lord? I do. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. None of these things, no person, no matters, no environment, no angels, no devil, no one is able to separate us from the love of God, from the love of God. Friends, sisters, safe in the love of God are we. God loves us. 
with his eternal love. This love, which is expressed in his choosing us in eternity past, in his giving his son in time to die for us, is unalterable, unquenchable. So the danger, the peril, including the present crisis that we're facing and all its fallout to come, none of those things, we have to be sure, can separate us from the love of Christ. Amen. Not only so, brothers and sisters, as we're in Romans, let's go to another part in Romans, Romans 5. God has poured out this love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. We have this Holy Spirit that is the ultimate consummation of the triune God. Through him, through him, God poured out this love. He filled our hearts with this love. In these days, how about all of us let our hearts just be full, overflowing with love, with God himself. Today, this spirit, this Holy Spirit, is operating in us, very much active, supplying us with all the unsearchable riches of Christ, strengthening us to more than conquer. What we're talking about conquering, it's not by our own strength. It's not by our natural boldness or bravery. No. In every trial and tribulation, we're strengthened to conquer these things. It is through being strengthened with power through his spirit into our inner man, that is our spirit, that Christ is making home in our hearts. Even in these days, and I would say especially in these days, friends and sisters, you let Christ make home in your hearts. Let us just open our hearts more than ever and say, Lord, come and inhabit. Come and make home in more parts of my being, in more parts of my heart. This is your economy. This is your unique work in us. Do it, Lord, in these days. So we're also rooted and grounded in love. And we are full of strength to apprehend the vast dimensions of this immeasurable Christ and to know the knowledge surpassing love of Christ. Do you see this love appears over and over again in these passages? That's the key. That's the basic element. Let us be rooted and grounded in this love more than ever. Let us know the knowledge surpassing love of Christ more than ever. In these days, as we spend time in the Lord's presence, 
and I surely adjure all of us, encourage all of us these days when we have a little bit more time in our hands, we're all social distancing, we're all self-isolating, right? We're all, you know, maybe in a better term, we're all cocooning. But let's not just sit there and wait this out. Let us take this time to be with the Lord. Let us spend more time in his presence with him. Let us spend more time at his feet to touch him and his heart, his heartbeats. And through it all, we would come to know even more of his love. We will be people of love. We'll be men of love. I want to come back to Romans 8. The apostle told us, you know, in verse 28, we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Isn't this a very timely word? So here again, all things, all matters, all things, all environment, all situation, including the present one we find ourselves in. All things work together. They're working together according to God's allowance, according to God's sovereignty, and even according to God's wisdom. But they only work together for good to those who love him. Those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. Brothers and sisters, we all know this verse, a very familiar one. But I think this verse must take on special significance in these days. Aren't we all called according to his purpose? Don't we all love the Lord, love God? Then why would not we have the assurance, confidence that everything, all the things are working together for good, for our good? And that is what you say, what is our good? Well, I'll tell you what is the good here in context of Romans 8. That is for us to experience God's full and complete salvation, his organic salvation, and ultimately for us to be even not just transformed, but conformed to the image of the firstborn Son of God. That means to become like Christ. That means to use our vocabulary today to become God in life and nature. For we will see him as he is, and we will be like him. That is a process, as we know. And let the things today work. Let all the things we're going through today work to this end.
And the promise is there that these things will work for us. But let us love him more and more. I say again, these words are familiar to us, but we need to lay hold of them, apply them in a fresh way in during the present calamity. Surely today's environment is part of all things. If we keep ourselves in the love of God and cooperate, brothers and sisters, with him to carry out his purpose, we can have the assurance that this challenging situation in which we find ourselves today will work for us towards the goal of being conformed to his image. Now, besides ourselves, before the Lord, in these times, We also need, brothers and sisters, to apply this love to one another. I just exhort all of us these days, don't retreat into ourselves, don't remain in ourselves. And if we can, forget ourselves a little bit. Let us be filled with this love and let us let this love overflow, turn this love around and direct it to one another, to the brothers and sisters, to the saints in the church, to the people around us, our family, our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, the people we know in the world, our colleagues. Everyone in these days needs love. So the word says, starting in the house of God, let us love one another. I strongly say in these days, let us come out of ourselves and love one another. Bear one another, consider one another, care for one another, serve one another, encourage one another, build up one another. This is, we know, vital for the church life. And I would say more than ever, more than ever, it is necessary today in the present circumstances. Let us turn these days not just of outward isolation, distancing, into a time when, brothers and sisters, we connect with one another even more in the spirit and through technology why don't we use the technology the very technology we're using this moment your phone your tablets the various social media platforms let us turn those around let us not abuse or misuse them to gratify ourselves for our own purpose let us use these technologies to love one another Reach out, call up a brother and pray with him. The Lord may bring you to mind a dormant saint, someone you know, someone you're burdened for, a weak brother, 
a backslidden sister, someone, someone, the Spirit will bring to mind, reach out to them. You have time in your hands. Let's just not just sit on our couch. Let's not just spend the time watching TV or movies or whatever, or doing some hobbies or crafts. Let us also, also spend some time to love one another. And in a very practical way, I say to pray for them. These are good times to build up a new prayer life, a stronger prayer life, a more consistent and persistent prayer life. How about set, set apart some time during the day at a certain hour in a certain spot or place in your home to pray or to gather your family to pray. So many needs our prayer and so many needs our love. So many needs our outreach to contact them. Let us do that. Amen. Now, I'd like to take a turn here. <clears throat> in addition to exercising love, there is faith. In these times, brothers and sisters, only faith will take us through. The true faith, the real faith, the faith that comes from God. The faith that is infused into us when we're one with him, when we open to him, when we come to know him and see him, believe will flood us. Faith will fill us. These are the days, brothers and sisters, to exercise our spirit of faith. Second Corinthians 4, our spirit is not a spirit of unbelief. Let us not be like the old Israelites. Let us be like Joshua and Caleb with another spirit, the spirit of belief, of faith. While those in the world may be consumed with anxiety, we should be those who are filled with faith to believe in God. We don't believe in anything but in God, in his sovereignty. Don't you believe in his sovereignty? That God has a will? God has a determination? God has a counsel? God is sovereign? Don't question God. Believe in his sovereignty. All these allowed by him. Without his permission, none of these would happen. Let us be have Faith in his will, in his purpose, his economy. Let us have faith in his heart, that his heart towards us is never bad. It's always good. Let us have faith in his care, in his unceasing, nonstop care toward us in the assurance that he will never forsake us. That's what Jehovah said, I will not forsake you. Let us believe in that word. He will forever, brothers and sisters, be our shield, 
our rock, our refuge, our fortress, our hiding place. These are not just words in the Psalms. These are reality. Let us believe in who he is to us. He said so. Let us just say, Amen. Lord, you are my shield, our shield. You are our rock right now. My refuge, you're my fortress right now. And he told us, the Lord, that if we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, we do not need to be anxious as all of our needs will be met. There is an e economic crisis right now. There's a certain kind of economic collapse that is happening. Brothers and sisters, let's seek his kingdom first. Let's seek his righteousness. Let's believe the Lord will meet all of our needs. We should have faith in his word. Remember that God has bound himself to us by his covenant. It's a covenant which is full of great and precious promises, according to Peter. And we should pray God's word back to him, shall we? Just tell the Lord when you're fearful, when you, when uh, anxiety raises his head again, when we start to panic, when we hear and see the news, pray God's word back to him. <laughs> Declare that word. Lay claim in faith to what he has promised to us personally and also to the church corporately. Overcoming anxiety, brothers and sisters, and we have a lot of that nowadays, requires faith. Such faith, remember, does not come from ourselves. The Lord Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. So let's turn our hearts and exercise to look away unto Jesus. Look away, just lift up our heads and look away the earthly environment and look above. Set your mind on things above. Look away to him. By looking away to him, he can perfect the faith that is already in us, that he has first authored in us when our hearts first turn to him. Paul wrote in the Philippians, saying, In nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. I hope in our homes these days are filled with the voice of prayer, the sound of petition, and the praise of thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every man's understanding, will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. What promise? What precious promise? Brothers and sisters, pray this word. Pray, read this verse it will calm us it will still us 
it will usher us into a genuine peace. The peace of God is just God himself as peace. This means that in our prayer to God, we should first pray ourselves into God. Don't just pray <clears throat> in ourselves. Pray ourselves into God. Then the God of peace will patrol before our hearts and thoughts in Christ, keeping us tranquil, at peace, at rest. This is possible, brothers and sisters. We all should experience it in these days. So I encourage you all, each of us should spend time personally with the Lord to pray ourselves into him that we might be one with him. <clears throat> The more we're restricted outwardly in these days, not by choice, the more we have time, should have time to spend in fellowship with the Lord. The present circumstances provide us a marvelous opportunity to spend more time before the throne at the incense altar. This is again vital to our being built up even as the church. Don't think that because we're not together in the meeting hall, that we cannot be built up. No, we have to what? <clears throat> Build up ourselves, one another, praying in the Holy Spirit. So even when we're physically apart, we can still build up the church. We can pray alone by ourselves for sure. We can play, pray in twos and threes. All these platforms allow us to use the phone to pray in twos and threes. It's wonderful promise in Matthew 18 that when two are gathered together in my name, there am I in their midst. What a promise of his presence. And says, when two of you are in harmony, binding <clears throat> and losing, and all that will have been bound and have been loosed in the heavens already. There's authority in prayer of twos and threes, as long as we are in the right condition. So let's avail ourselves to technology, modern technology in small groups, and even if we cannot be together, we can pray for the Lord's interest, we can pray for his will to be done on earth, we can pray for the world situation. We can pray for those in authority, for all men, for them to be saved, for the church of God, for the backslidden to be turned back to God. If we contact the Lord, brothers and sisters, and open our hearts to him in these days, that list is endless. We should join the very intercessor above who has been operating, praying for 2,000 years on our behalf before God. These days, let us rise up and join him and correspond with him, echo his prayers in our prayers. Oh, if there would be hundreds, thousands of saints in the recovery, Surely there are many of his believers, our beloved brothers and sisters, 
who may not be in the recovery, but they are praying. God's church is praying in these days. Let us be part of that prayer army. And finally, brothers and sisters, let's come to the hope. The hope, <clears throat> the work of faith, the labor of love, and the endurance of hope in these times that would bring despair of hopelessness. You want to give up sometimes. You don't know what is going on, what's up and what's down. You just are filled with uncertainty. And after a while, hopelessness. We must remember, brothers and sisters, we are a people of hope. It's those who belong to the Lord, no matter what is going on outwardly. Our hope is not in this age. That's not where we set our hope on. Or in the things of this age. You know, when all these things start to hit, don't you feel, number one, the sense of fragility of human life? That's when Enosh began to call on the name of the Lord. Don't you start to have that reaction or feeling of the vanity of the human existence all the things that of, of this earth the material possessions the human accomplishments all the things that we might have amassed accumulate suddenly we find that they are not dependable they disappear they're gone. They're not trustworthy. They're not reliable. Our hope cannot be placed in this age and all the things on this earth. Our hope is in the Lord, dear saints, and in his coming back. Where the afflictions we endure in this age, I mean what? Ever afflictions we endure in this age are nothing to be compared with the glory to be revealed upon us at his return. Again, this is in Romans 8. Therefore, let us live soberly in a watchful way, living a life for the Lord's return. I feel, dear saints, in these days, not that we're escapists, you know, at these times you just uh, want to talk about the future. And I would even warn us, brothers and sisters, these are not days to just go and study prophecy like many do and start to predict things. Don't go there. But we do need to sober up. We need to be awakened from our sleep. We need to be vigilant and watchful again that the Lord's advent is near, that the Lord is coming back. He is coming back. And may these days remind us, warn us, that we should live such a life on the earth 
bad times or even good times. At times when we, many things are stripped away or in times of prosperity. That's how we ought to live. Let us be reminded of this. And in some ways, God allows these things to happen. To speak to the people of this earth. But he would like to speak to us, his believers, in a particular way. And that is concerns the appearing of his son. The Lord's disciple disciplines his people. Sorry, I have to say this. He used circumstances and situations to discipline us because he loved us. Through trials and tribulations to purify and prepare them for his return. So in a way, friends and sisters, we are going through this. God's purifying hand is here. But that is not just to make us suffer, but to prepare us, prepare us for his return. That we would be ready when the Lord comes again. According to Romans 5, back to Romans 5 again, 2 through 4, those who have the hope of glory of God pass through tribulations. But those tribulations produce something called endurance hence the endurance of hope endurance in turn issue in approvedness which is a quality of having been approved through testing with this approvedness there is a hope according to romans 5 there is a hope the end is a hope the hope that the promise of being brought into the glory of god can be realized our hope is glory god is bringing his many sons into glory we're going into glory as the lord has told that's the promise but that requires approvedness that requires endurance and that requires certain tribulations Brothers and sisters, in these days, don't be stumbled. Let us not be stumbled. We should not be stumbled by trials. But realize that God's intention is that through them we'll be made more fit for entering into the glory of God at the Lord's return. <clears throat> I hope such a word of hope is encouraging to you all. <clears throat> dear saints, my dear saints, in the mid-Atlantic area and everywhere, this is not the time to shrink back, but to come forward. We're told in Hebrews 7, <clears throat> indeed, the book of Hebrews is a word to the waffling, uncertain Jewish believers. <clears throat> They're shaken by the persecution, by their suffering 
uh, they're affected by the people, the countrymen of that old religion to go back to those Old Testament practices and in type to go out back to the outer core. The writer of he to the Hebrew said, no, come forward to the holiest of all. Come forward by faith to God. We must be assured, brothers and sisters, in the Lord that after passing through this present situation, the Lord's recovery will emerge more prevailing and more vital. The saints will emerge more stable and more strong. <clears throat> Even under the present restrictions, there is much for us to do to co-labor with God. So these are not days of shutdowns for the church. Not at all. On the contrary, quite the opposite. These are the days for the church to rise up. All the saints to rise up in the spirit to do the work of God. We can pray for the Lord's move to advance. There's still a GTCA, the gospelizing, truthizing, and churchizing of America, of the whole earth. We can pray for the enemy to be bound. There needs to be those who would bind the enemy, who would put on the whole armor of God to stand and withstand the devil and all his stratagems. Surely the enemy is using this situation to wreak more havoc, to do his work of destruction. We need to bind the enemy. He's still here to counter God's will. We need to pray for the saints to be supplied and built up. The saints need our prayer. That every time in spirit, we should take the word of God to pray for the saints in watchfulness. And we need to pray for all men in 2 Timothy 4 to be saved. It is the desire of the Savior God for all men to be saved and to come to the full knowledge of God, of the truth. We need to pray for men in these days to turn to repent to receive the savior to be brought into a union with christ we should use every opportunity nowadays to preach the gospel through technology there are many ways if we have a heart there will be a way and for sure, nowadays, we can enter much more into the God-ordained way. I remember Brother Lee said, 80% of our church life is in the homes. He talked about the vital group that starts with one or two or three. In the old days, during the Roman Empire, the Church of God was persecuted. The Christians could not meet. They went underground. They were in the catacombs. But the church life continued, even it thrived underground. 
all these outward limitations and its restrictions cannot restrict Christ and cannot limit the church. We need to practice the God-ordained way to meet right where we are in the homes, right on the phone, in Zoom, in Skype, in whatever it may be. We're here with one another. We're in still in the church life. There's no boarding up. There's no shuddering. The church is going on. The church life is advancing. The Lord's recovery is moving. When there are constraints, right, uh, in our physical environment, let's, as I said, contact people. One by one, that's the best way to contact people. And even by household. I love these kind of, a, even this morning, we're all actually having a gigantic home meeting. I remember, you know, President Roosevelt in the 30s and 40s, especially during the years of the De Great Depression and then the Great War, World War II. He gave those fireside chats. Some old young generation, you, you, you don't know that, but those famous fireside chats, which is a kind of radio broadcast from the White House to the citizens of this country. It's sort of a fireside chat that we're having right now. I call it these are home talks. We're just gathering around the hearth, the fireplace. We're all in the living room right now. But we can talk to one another, contact one another. History, I said already, tells us that when the church is under kind of severe outward restriction, indeed persecution, the Lord had a way to advance even more, even more. I like to declare the church shall prevail the recovery shall prevail and we shall prevail finally i like to just give a word to all of us in these days we as the children of god should render to the civil authorities our full cooperation and honor and follow the leading brothers among us in one accord. These are not days to express your opinion. These are days to be under submission, to be under the throne. From this throne, brothers and sisters, the river of grace flows. This is the throne of grace. So, all the directives, orders, whether it's the federal government, state government, your local government, we should not buck that. We should be good citizens and obey the authorities and cooperate because it takes all of us to cooperate to fight to slow down this virus. And we need to do our job. All this, all that I share 
this morning to all of you will ensure that God's move in his recovery will not only endure, but will prosper, both now, in these times, and in the coming days. May the Lord grace all of us richly to grow in him and to co-labor with him in these days. Well, that is my word to all of you this morning in this session. I hope that you have received them prayerfully. And I hope that the spirit, the Lord's hands will follow his word to remind us to continue to enlighten us, to warn us, and also to assure us in these days. Thank the Lord. I am very grateful for this chance uh, to be able to speak to you. Um, and I'm thankful to the brothers who have made the arrangement for this to be possible. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This morning, we are full of praise, full of gratitude, Lord, for your love, for the love that you have loved us in eternity past, for the love that is shown by the death of Christ on the cross, for the love that has been poured out into our hearts to motivate us, to move us, to constrain us, to love you back. Lord, we pray these days we would remain in this love, abide in love. And in these days, we would love you and we would love those who you love, the saints, the people, your chosen ones. Lord, fill our hearts these days with the love of God, we declare with boldness, with joy, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And Lord, in these days, strengthen our faith. Strengthen our spirit of faith more than ever to trust in you, to believe in your word, in your established covenant, in these precious promises that you have given to us, that they will no longer be objective to us, but they will be so subjective to us. We will lay hold of them. We will pray them. We will apply them to ourselves, to our environment. Lord Jesus, we just say this morning, we believe in you. We believe in your sovereignty. We believe in your heart. We believe in your purpose and will. We rest in that belief. We're filled with joy as we believe. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we set our hope 
not in anything of this world, what men can do, but we believe in you and we set our hope and trust in you. Our hope is in our God. Our hope is in your soon return. So, Lord, in these days, remind us of your coming back. Not just to study prophecies, but, Lord, in these days, we will live as those who love your appearing. We will live as those that are watchful, that are buying the oil, that are investing our talent, that we would be here waiting for your coming back to enter into your joy, into the joy of our dear master. Oh, Jesus, I pray for your recovery. I pray for all the saints. I pray for the churches in the mid-Atlantic. I pray for the present situation that we find ourselves in. We acknowledge your sovereignty but we disagree with the enemy, whatever he may be doing. We bind him. We bind him in your name. We pray, if you will, to slow down this coronavirus, to stop this virus from ravaging our country, this earth. Lord, we pray men would return. This nation would repent. We pray in these days that you will have favor with us. You would look upon us with your eyes. You say your hands are not never withdrawn. Lord, you are our protector. Lord Jesus, we pray for this nation of the United States. Raised up by you for your purpose that you have blessed. And we believe that you are still blessing. Lord Jesus, we pray. All of this in oneness with you in the heaven above at the right hand of God. We pray this in your dear, precious, and victorious name. Amen. I stop here, brothers and sisters.